Hello and welcome back to the Dad and Sons Podcast. We are back after a week hiatus because we're all fucked of our daily lives and we had stuff to do. But we're here. You're in our loving audio embracing arms. <laughs> Two out of three dads have real jobs. Two out of three dads won't hurt you. I'm here as always. Wait, Lee who's Edwards. the one? Well, you decide. Oh no. I'm here as always with my two lovely fellows, Mr. Matt Visual and Hola. Mr. George Viedman. Hola. Hello, boys. What have you been up to? It's been two weeks. How you hanging? All cool? Good? Has it good been two weeks? Hood? Holy crap. Two weeks. So, George, has it been good in the hood? No. Well, no, someone <laughs> died. So, over this I weekend... I can't believe what you're about to tell us is real. I don't know if this tops my murder story, but it, it is quite possible. I don't know if it tops Matt Visual's getting robbed story. <laughs> what is it but... with crime in us three? Uh, two out of three dads live in places with statistically higher crime rates. So you two are victims of uh, victims of crime. I'm just accused of a crime. I overheard a gang shootout this weekend. You didn't just overhear. It was like happening outside of your window, right? Yes. Yes. I heard gunshots happening without me giving away too much of my location. I heard gunshots happening in my area of the city. So that's fucking terrifying. And it did happen on a route that I usually walk around frequently. And it happened at 1:30 at night where there are sometimes some late night fast food options in the area I have walked back and forth to at that hour. Oh, the the the, the nasty place in the city that you always get food Yeah, well, from. At 1:30 at 1:30, <laughs> you don't got that many choices, but there are a few late night fast food options in this area that had a gang shooting that I overheard. No, a gang shootout, a back and forth shootout. Three ways actually, two gangs and the cops. Oh my god. Like how I can't even fathom not being terrified by that and wanting to move almost immediately. No, no, I, I, I leapt into action. First thing I did was lock the doors and turn out the lights, because I, you know, safe assumption these days is shit. If you hear that, prepare for a mass shooting. Wait, like, wait, what? You think they're just gonna... It, it was automatics. Oh. Like it was, it was really loud popcorn. That was rapid fire gunfire. And when I read the news this morning, the news articles did say high powered rifles were involved. <laughs> Shit. Wow. And in in the area that I live around downtown, I, I hear trucks unloading a lot. I hear traffic on the highway. Like like trucks make really loud bang noises when they get on and off the ramps. Sometimes there's car accidents. And so at first I was like thinking to, after a good 30 seconds of hearing really loud popcorn echoing off the sides of the buildings, I was like, wow, those trucks must have had a really big spill. And then like four seconds later, you hear a slightly different popcorn <laughs> that goes on for like another six seconds. And then like four seconds after that, there was one more popcorn burst. And the whole, the whole process lasted about 30 to 45 minutes. There were gunshots. I heard no screams. I didn't even hear sirens. A like, afterwards, 
cop cars started to come in the area, maybe like, I don't know, one every 10 minutes. The gangsters apparently were way faster than that. So the logistics involved two cars full of gangsters shooting at each other and an off-duty cop. What else am I supposed to say? Gangsters, plural. I, I, I don't know. Should I say gangsters or gangstas? Gangstas. <laughs> Are you one of them now, George? Is this what's happened? You've assimilated. Apparently I live in their hood. I don't know. That stuff's not supposed to happen over here. That that used to happen in Matt's neighborhood. Uh, yes, that, that's very, <laughs> what are you trying, very What are you true. insinuating by Matt's neighborhood? Hey, I made my choice. <laughs> I bought a house in that weird neighborhood and I paid the price. <laughs> there was an off-duty cop, apparently, in the area. So imagine, if you will, two cars full of gangsters shooting at each other. And then an off-duty cop yelling at them to put their weapons away and them not doing it. Oh, like... Japan just seems like a million miles away from that. I can never... Even in the UK, I could never imagine being a part of that. That's terrifying. One one gangster has died. Uh, Many gangsters were wounded. And ten gangsters were arrested. And one George survived. Uh, Only one George. All the other Georges in the building. Or is this just like a really good impersonator of George? Like a gangster in hiding who's taking his face like Nicolas Cage and does a really good George scream. I was playing Outer Wilds with a girl while it happened. Those fucking gangsters ruined your night. Yeah, yeah, and she was the one who was actually like, George, I'm sure it's just trucks banging or construction work or traffic accidents outside. While while I was, like, slicing the pie through the window, trying to see what was going on out there, but, you know, not putting myself in the line of sight. Wow. That's, um... Are you you dating a a hood girl now? Is is that what... Have you changed... Is this up. is this what the shooting was happening about? It's a racial couple goes inside building and they're like, no, can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. I, we got the rage on the I was just thinking to myself, like, like imagining, of all the trillions of years of existence, <laughs> there is no life in the universe for a hundred billion miles in every direction, except here on our pale blue dot. Of planet Earth. So, Outer Wilds sent me down a Carl Sagan hole. I've been watching a lot of Carl Sagan Cosmos. There may or may not be a Carl Sagan parody character in my video coming up. Um, yeah, I, I really, Spoilers. I'm going. Uh, I still can't stop thinking about Outer Wilds, you guys. I'm watching a, a friend play through it again. I'm doing a video on it. I might do another run, a third run. But it's God, what a what a interesting, fascinating, wonderful game that uh, surprisingly. Distracted me from the shooting. Gosh. I, I, okay, okay. One, one more thing about the shooting that I just want to say is that... Um, <laughs> it happened in space. Space shooting. Space gangs. With this echoing effect, it really actually sounded like really loud popcorn. Did it make you hungry? I wasn't expecting that. Did it make you hungry? <laughs> I wonder if beneath all the layers of like stress and caution and fear and concern, there might have been <laughs> some part deep inside of our primordial brain <laughs> may include the instinctive layer to crave popcorn. When you when are overhearing automatic fear. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. You become yeah. slightly hungrier. Fear makes wow. you hungry. You survived. Well, I, I don't know if I was technically in danger. Oh, you know, I will... S another funny story. The first thing I did was... Well, after carefully, carefully peeking out the window, was pull out my cell phone and search on Twitter. <laughs> Actually, I, I, got I, I don't doubt that's a bad thing. Because if it was like a, a mass shooting, for example... Exactly, could, exactly. You, know, you would want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that, that, yeah, that, that I, actually doesn't seem like such a bad idea. Like, it's not something I thought of ahead of time. Like, that was my instinct in the moment was to pull out Twitter and, and hit that search button and type in Atlanta or, or the street names and see if anyone else was tweeting about this. And no one was. And the cops didn't rush over. And there was no, like, screamings that I was hearing along with the gunfire. And I only heard about it on the news the next morning. So... Wow. Wow. Yeah, in the heat of the moment, you're way more ignorant than you are the next day. The next day, people were tweeting about this. Not while, not while it was actually happening. That's well, crazy. Like to tweet about things that they're not involved with. But, yeah, like, that's insane, though, for the cops to... Like, nothing to be said? That's weird. No, I mean, the cops showed up there hours later, I'm guessing. That's... The next morning crazy the next morning the place was was roped off and and had a bunch of cops there i mean but they had to clean throughout... the blood off of the ground i imagine <laughs> throughout the rest of that night i did not hear as many sirens as i would have expected did you fall asleep yes wow. we had no problem falling asleep you you made me think of uh uh when i was listening to this american life this is podcast that um they were diving into uh, people who clean up deaths, and they're like, "Oh, oh we God. have to like scrape them off the floor." Oh. Uh, yeah. How yeah. do you get into that line of work? Like you're like, mm, yeah, mm, morbid. I think it pays uh, well too. It must like, do. I, I just hope that there's some rules and regulations where like you can't do that more than a year or something. Like that sounds like the kind of job no one should have to do for a long term. Hey. Like oil rigs. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, they make a lot of money too. A lot. Dangerous as they, fuck, right? It's very dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you want to have a super manly industrial job, Matt? Is that what no. you're thinking of? <laughs> so what like any type of death or like specific they were like specific cleaners of death. Oh, any type of death. Uh during, during the podcast, they were talking about like highways. Oh, oh, how, yeah. Oh, no, car yeah. crash. Oh, yeah. See, I can and imagine car like, crashes being the worst. Oh, like intact could, pieces of, pe of people. You could hear him saying how like desensitized he was to it, like completely desensitized to death. Do you and have to be like how a he described cleaning it? He was like, "Yeah, I'm just like, it's the job. It doesn't matter." That's what I'm saying. Scraping off the person off the street, like that's his words. Mm. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what it makes me think of. I was like, man. But hours later, George. Hours later. <laughs> I want to say that I heard one for that guy. What? one siren four minutes later and then it stopped and then i heard two sirens another eight minutes after that and then we didn't hear anything else until the morning 
Uh, but yeah, I I feel weird about transitioning from that into our like, <coughs> you know, video games, shit talking, like freestyle stream of consciousness, sometimes silly humor, sometimes good humor video game podcast. Has anybody actually played any video games other than Outer Wilds? I have. Oh man. What you been up to? I've played son? quite a lot. Um, and some... we're we're gonna talk about Hollow Knight this podcast. Oh, but anyways, really? continue. Well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my other one. I okay, so uh, I still haven't finished Greedfall. Greedfall is a long game. Really? Yeah, it's like a long epic type game. Like, I guess, you, and it's. I wouldn't say it's all good. You know, it's very interesting. Like a lot of the quests and stuff, but there's a lot of running because there's not a lot of fast travel until uh, only some points of, uh, where the game says, oh, do you want to fast travel to this place? Like right after you like finish making a potion that you need to go search across the map for. You're like, okay, we're not going to make you walk all the way back. You know, here's a fast travel. But there's no fast travel, so you're just running all the time. And it makes the game longer. It only makes it makes it a little tedious, even though the story is kind of intriguing throughout uh, throughout it. And there's a lot of high moments too. It doesn't just like have a high moment at the end, <laughs> you know, like a lot of games have been doing <laughs> nowadays. Like, like paced, paced, out, uh, paced out, paced out, paced out. You know, okay. um, I, I, it's definitely not a bad game at all but it's just taking too long it's taking way too long every time you think See, it's gonna end i still i like swear it was another on, thing to do i swear it was on sale on steam but it was still like 30 bucks and i was like oh, yeah oh. i i don't know i don't know if it's 30 but <laughs> it is 30 bucks but like it sounds like you're getting 30 bucks worth of content though if it's that long and stuff and it still feels pretty good minus some tediousness what happens too later on is that the combat kind of gets boring you kind of realize that the combat is not as challenging and there's not a lot of options you just do the same thing over and over again especially with the game being that long so I had to put the game on extreme in order to feel something again and even then it was still easy (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what. So speaking, speaking of desensitization. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just to feel anything just again, I had to take it to the extreme. <laughs> I haven't felt anything since I played Hollow Knight. <laughs> um, but I in so in between Greedfall, I've played a couple games. Okay, I've only finished one, which is only one. Uh, I haven't even finished a game one. this year. <laughs> A new game for the podcast. Play this for the podcast. Journey to the Savage Planet. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually have been kind looking of at that. This. It looks real nice. That one is the direct opposite. That one is oh. extremely quick. A um, lot of stuff packed in. It's it's an explorer scanner. Like people are saying that it's like Metroid Prime. I don't. I've never played the game. The scan- yeah. yeah, the scanning the scanning does look straight out of Metroid Prime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
And it looks a little no no man's sky ish. Hmm. Yeah. 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 It it kind of it kind of has a little bit of that feel. Like it reminds me of this VR game I used to play called Fear Farlands. Farlands, where you just like on this alien planet and you're just scanning things. Basically, you're um. It's a very weird. Um, I don't know what to call it. I know there's there's a example there, but it's like quirky. It has like it has like um, um, actual real people filmed in these commercials and stuff. It's super oh, okay. like FMVs, okay. kind of like RoboCop. You know, yeah. like yeah. Um, they have that throughout the whole game, and the the people giving you orders are all like real. Um, so you, you there's there's like a nice. There's a nice like comedic layer to it, uh, especially with this this robotic voice that is constantly with you. Um, it tends to trail off uh, near the end. Like she doesn't talk as much. She doesn't make as much jokes anymore. You know, it's like it's like everything kind of stops near the end. But I mean, it's whatever. It's fine. But I, I tend to notice that these games i've been playing lately it's just like a lot of things tend to just trail off like greedfall um all the companions just kind of like stop talking stop saying things it's just like why aren't you talking anymore anyways but savage planet was actually pretty decent like it doesn't i'll say it's welcome it it's like jumping puzzles shooting um it's not too hard but bosses are actually there's they're some good mechanics there like really good mechanics better than can a you, lot of games I've played recently you can you can play it like fully cooperative as well right that's one of the other things about it you can play it like multi, multiplayer co-op yes 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 which Pretty is cool. which would be even even better I would say because a lot of the fights they're like set up for that too um and you could you could play it in single player, of course. Yeah. Uh, the boss fights are great. Um, the exploring is great. There's lots of hidden things. There's lots of cool upgrades. Um, yeah. It that that's pretty much it though. Like it it's how how it's long? just really solid. It's just really good. I wouldn't say it's like ooh. It's how how long did it take? I think it was like a five six hour game. I mean, I for really five or six hours, if it stays mm. solid consistently, that's a that's like my like sweet spot. Yeah, if you stay solid for five to six hours, I am a hundred percent fucking in. Yeah, I think this is. I think is the more solid I've played this year. Nice. Like it just it's it's there. It's, it's not broken. <laughs> you know, that's I feel what like it I've takes. Been playing a lot of broken games lately. I don't know. Degree so is definitely. It's it's made <laughs> by it's made by a new studio, right? Typhoon Studios, and with somebody else. Uh, who who? Five oh five. There's no, a guy who. Is in, so they made. It's made by Typhoon Studios, who are owned by. Mm-hmm. Google Stadia. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. They're one of the only studios acquired under what is called Stadia oh. Games and Entertainment or something. December 2009. So that just happened, too. 2009. 19. 2019, <laughs> I mean. Sorry, sorry. 
Yeah, I forgot the one there, the the tin. Oh, yeah, it's founded yeah, by um, Alex Hutchinson. He was like director of Assassin's Creed Three and Far Cry. So yeah. Far Cry, that's what it is. Far Cry, mm. not Fallout. Okay, yeah. So is th- a bunch of employees does, does from it, Ubisoft and like Electronic Arts. And, if you had to compare it to something, would you say it's more Metroid Prime or Fallout or? Mm. I don't know. Like it almost looks like the Outer Wilds a little, a little bit. Uh, or Outer Worlds. I mean, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not Outer Worlds. Uh, this one is a lot more polished than Outer Worlds. Um, <laughs> uh, which that talk you you did on how Greedfall like tapers out at the end, yeah, and how like companions stop talking. Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 that was giving me flashbacks to God, to that uh, last third act of of Outer Worlds. I mean, I I you know I I have to give Greedfall props, man. I mean, it's it's a huge game. You said it's a small team, right? Jesus Christ, man! There's a lot. There's a lot of game there, man. A lot of game there. A lot of like fol- political intrigue and all this. It's like, geez, did they really do all this? <laughs> it's a small team. That's <laughs> a lot. You can do anything you put your mind how? to, man. God, it, 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 they gotta be proud, man. I, I'm, I'm, i Yes, there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of things that are. <laughs> Not good about that game, but it's still a game I'm probably gonna finish very slowly. Um, and I've been talking, but I'll just say I've started um, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, Dark Arisen, Arisen. The Switch version? No, 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 just the PC version, the the, ah. the Steam, and it's good. It's real good. Of course it is. I haven't played it's it. It's Dragon's Dogma. It's fucking brilliant. It's, I didn't know what that meant until now. I'm like, oh, I see why people love this game. This game is good. Hell yeah. It's really Even good. Even for it being that old. But, you know, it's an old game. So I'll just say it's good. It's really I haven't good. beat it. I really enjoyed Dragon's I, I can't remember if I beat it first time around either. But I did rebuy it for the Switch. And I had some good fun replaying it on the go. It's a good game. Very good game. Being able to climb upon anything. Like, this was. When you, like, climb a griffin and it flies into the sky and you're, like, fucking hanging on to this griffin and shit. It's so cool. Yeah, there's, like, Colossus controls to it a bit. It's way better than a lot of games I've played. And this is old. I really need to give it, like. No, 2010, maybe? 2011? I think it was actual full run. (laughs) A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I. I remember a lot of discussion, three-way comparisons between Dark Souls, Skyrim, and Dragon's Dogma back in those years. That's a game I played on and off. That is a nice sweet spot. Time, but gosh, I really, I'm like the only person I think who hasn't sat down and gone all the way through it. I I haven't finished it either. I just well, it's it's still more than it's a tough game. Like it, 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 it can be super punishing. Like. Night travel in that game, <laughs> you're gonna get effed in the B. It is, it is yeah. tough. I just ran into a dragon at night, that was fun. All of a sudden, I hear wings flapping. <laughs> <laughs> My whole party just gets <laughs> the pawn system is a super dragon? unique. Why? That's what one of my pawns say. <laughs> <laughs> no, shit, the pawn Sherlock. system is great too. 
The pawn system is really cool. I really yeah, unique. Talk. I really like it. They fill the air a lot. It's you know, really unique. I, it's I really, wish somebody would do really something similar to that. I think, you know, Death Stranding is kind of a similar system in a weird way. Uh, uh, really? <laughs> oh? Like asynchronous, personalized effects on other players' worlds in a different way. I... Yeah. Oh sure. yeah, isn't there that mechanic where you can like sell each other slaves or something? Yeah, yes. pawn, the pawn system. Your pawn. Yeah, you make Oh, your that's own an pawn. even worse word somehow. <laughs> pawn? Yeah, they're your they're pawn. They're only slaves to one master though. They're only slaves to one master, but they're definitely slaves. Oh, that makes it so much better. <laughs> I mean, it's just loyalty, really, at that point. <laughs> right? No. It, okay. Yeah, pushing pushing the boundaries. Are you paying them? Are you paying? It's, it's like it's like if pawns were the only black people and the risen was the only white person. <laughs> so do pawns get paid for their labor? <laughs> I want you guys to realize how bad Liam's face was. <laughs> It is buried in those hands. <laughs> we gotta get a shovel to dig him out of those hands. <laughs> he looked like he was gonna die when I said that. <laughs> no, I was just I was just picturing how like how you know sometimes kind of unable to read the air Japanese developers can be and. <laughs> I was thinking it wouldn't surprise me because I couldn't remember. You know the first time you meet a pawn for the first time when it comes through the portal or something? It was yeah. just a black guy who came through and was like, <laughs> I'm your servant. You're my master. Oh, God. Wait, is that what they say? It is. It's like it's The text is like that. It's like, I, I am loyal to you. I will serve you. And I, <laughs> So, so how does this work in the lore, though? What is the canological explanation? Like, why are these pawns doing this? They're from, like, an alternate reality or something like that. A different reality to your own. There's a... I, I can't remember what the dumb explanation is for it. It's a good yeah. gameplay system, though. It is very it's cool. Good. It's really freaking good, yeah. And you could change so they don't talk too much and stuff. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I don't want okay. talkative subservience. <laughs> Be quiet and stab monsters for me. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> Tend to my fields. <laughs> Jesus. Whoa. I thought you go on cool adventures and fight monsters with them, not farm. <laughs> So, George, <laughs> Hollow Knight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, picked up Hollow Knight, Hollow Knight again and finished it off this time. I, hey! Uh, Good did job. Thank you. I, I, I fell out of Hollow Knight for a while, picked it back up and finished it um, um, over the past couple weeks. And I remember why I dropped out of it earlier, and that's because of the backtracking. Like, it's a good Metroidvania. It's a fine Metroidvania. It's a cute, lovely, pretty Metroidvania. It has really good boss fights. The boss fights are super fun, right? Right? Remember those cool-ass boss fights, Matt? You love Hollow Knight, right? You're the Hollow Knight defense force, I, right? I love it. I really love it. 
Okay, I really like the feel of the combat. That that's like a really really solid um um down thrust from from Shovel Knight or, or from Zelda Two or Scrooge McDuck. There's some cool bouncing you can do, but it's such a fast precise moment that it requires you to 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 hit that down swipe on on just the perfect frames and and you bounce back with the with the hit. It feels powerful. It feels good. There's a nice sense of bounciness to everything. The boss fights are always really interesting. <gasps> but holy cow, the backtracking. I I had a lot of moments in that game where I was taking very, very long walks over pre-explored routes to fast travel points and stuff. And I'm wondering if um, I might have accidentally done cleared the map out in an order that made things way more tedious than they're supposed to be. I mean, that's kind of the point I, of, like... A metroidvania just you know padded pacing backtracking sometimes you find you stumble upon the good route sometimes you just take the long route well i was getting the feeling that there were a lot of connecting corridors in this map that are just there to be big and long and later on you get an instant dash ability that covers that distance in a flash but for me, that was very late in the game until I got that. So before then, there was a lot of really long walks and then an accidental death at the end of that walk. And then I might have to go back all the way around. Like, Matt, do you remember the exploding jellyfish in the fungal caverns? I didn't die as much. And it's not because I'm good. I think it's just because I'm God used to 2D games. Yeah, I, I, because this similar thing happened with my friend Fred. Uh, we had him on the show before. He's a developer, too. He likes casual games. So maybe you're, you're just a filthy casual, uh, George. Maybe that's what it is. No. No, because no. <laughs> no, well, well, I, I didn't die I don't even want to. I, I, I was going to step in there, but then the game, the only game I can talk about this week is going like, to out me as the casual gamer I am these days. <laughs> Oh, oh God! You got work. You got work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know that. <laughs> You're finishing playing fucking games. Greedfall. Bejeweled George is finishing crush. Hollow Knight. I'm playing something else. But please continue, George. <laughs> um, like um, I think is because I didn't die as much. I mean, I played it three times now. Um, and the first time I didn't die as much, but I never thought about it as backtracking as much because I always got. The little the little gooeys from the from the <laughs> from the little bugs to buy buy like extra power ups and stuff like that. I don't know, like there was an always an incentive to kill things. You didn't for you you were just it felt it feels like you're just trying to rush through. Is that is that the vibe I'm getting? Well I are you talking about how you get money for yeah. killing things? Yeah, I bought out most of the store's stock throughout most of the game. There wasn't much for me to spend money on. Oh, really? So you were yeah. just you were just spending a long time trying to figure out where to go. And it might have been because I was completing it in not an optimal order. But yeah, there were there were two times in the game where I had to look up where to go on a strategy guide because the map got so big. You know, I hate that um, sometimes, right? When a game makes you do that, it could be just you or like me, but like I hate when I have to look at a strategy guy and I get like a spoiler or something. It did trigger <laughs> a bit of frustration. A lot of like, I I don't like I, 
Okay, to be fair, I did preface this by saying it's a good Metroidvania and everything, but you guys know how I have a preference for, like, gimmicks and weird, bold, experimental stuff? And Hollow Knight is, like, a super-polished, distilled, pure, traditional Metroidvania. With Salt and Sanctuary, like, you had this back-and-forth combat system that had parry moves and shield blocking and stuff. And Hollow Knight, you're back to a, a quick, short-range swipe from, from Symphony of the Night, and that's your primary attack throughout the whole entire game. Things didn't seem like they changed much combat-wise from beginning to end. Navigational-wise, yeah, but I really wish I could have had an extra attack or a, project, a more reliable projectile or something that um, made it play a little bit different than the usual. And also, the story is so ripped from Dark Souls. I... I, I don't know if you can do purposefully obtuse stuff so much and have it still be surprising and fresh for a viewer after so many years and playing so many games like that. Like, I was just talking about Salt and Sanctuary, which was another heavily inspired by Dark Souls sort of setup, but at least that one didn't feel like like Symphony of the Night 2 while I was playing it, which is fine, because Symphony of the Night's great, you know, but still... Kind of felt like I was playing a game from from two thousand three or four when I was going through a Hollow Knight. It Man, it felt I didn't get that at all. Not innovative, really. <laughs> and here yeah, we are, maybe, two maybe years later. The... George finally finishes Hollow Knight, and then shits all over it. No, I'm not shit. I'm well. I'm not trying to <laughs> shit all over it. I'm trying to keep control of my muscles here. But wow. That so you would shit more. You would. You have more shit to give. Is is that what it is? You still have stuff built up. In it might depend on what day you'd, you'd be talking to me to. Wow. Like the last day I played Hollow Knight, I think was a lot more frustrating than than many other days I played Hollow Knight. You finished it though, but so it must must have been doing something right because you are notoriously bad at finishing things. Yeah, I did finish it, and the ending I got, I thought, was a bad ending, but it turns out that's the normal ending, so... It turns out to get the good ending, you have to take some very particular steps that I would not have, and I don't want to go through that whole thing again, so... Fair enough. Wow. Oh, well... I, I have nothing to say to George. <laughs> the disappointment people can't see on Matt's face is palpable. Well, I... Well, we we can talk about it. Like I let's 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 hear it. What what do you remember the best about Hollow Knight? What do you remember enjoying the best? I see everything that you <laughs> didn't like. Like I liked the combat. <laughs> I liked the exploring. I liked the well, music. Yeah. I liked the the animations. I liked all of that. I combat, like... music, animations is fine. Guess what song's been stuck in my head for the past two weeks? Which one? The the City of Tears. Oh yeah. Where, like, the, the enemies are marching in tune to the music, and the rain is kind of, like, falling in, in a way that gives it a comfy, atmospheric vibe. Like, like don't get me wrong, I'm not shitting all over it. I just... Uh, there was a lot of days where it genuinely felt more frustrating than was worth it. I can, I can see where you're coming from. I think, like, overall, Holly Knight... Holly, uh, Holly Knight. Hollow Knight. Holly Knight. Holly Hollow Knight is hey. it's still like a Soulsy game and it's it has equal parts frustration that the Souls games can have, but it also has equal parts the frustration that a Metroidvania style game can have, like mixed in. So not only do you have the pitfalls of both those types of games that can be present 
in that game, you're also getting the best parts of those games throughout Hollow Knight. So it's weird because it depends how much you enjoy of one or the other. Like, I can tend to ignore a lot of Souls style issues because that's kind of what the game's all about. Whereas sometimes Metroidvania issues, like typical things that I wish Metroidvanias would fix, would appear and it frustrates me and it's why I didn't like Bloodstain so much because it was so on the nose like a Metroidvania. So I don't know. I feel like I can understand where you're coming from a little bit. I just want to say like it all depends on your play style, I feel. I guess my play style is a bit different. Not to say that there's a, there's no problems with Hollow Knight because that's insane. Every game has something, but like it's the same thing when I was playing Hellblade. Um, I really liked that game, and but some people were like, it was like hard or whatever, and like, I, and there was a mechanic where if you died six times, you had to restart the game. Oh yeah, I remember that. There was like a permadeath issue or something like yeah. that that wasn't very well explained, um, but it yeah. was like a save thing. I remember that. And everyone was enraged about that. But nothing yeah, so, ever came of it. Yeah. I, so I got... What? I, I, I got a thought for you guys. Like, like, like the, the combat in Hollow Knight, I thought, was fine and good. Except it really varied up on a per-enemy basis. Like, the combat design of how they built a few enemies were what was really frustrating me. The big-ass sentries in the City of Tears who, like, block your path that you gotta double jump and dash over to get around, um, were frustrating. The jellyfish that explode and fill the screen up with fr were frustrating me. Things that basically took a big footprint on the screen frustrated me. Because, you know, in a Dark Souls or Bloodborne game, when you die and replay a level over again, you usually just run straight past monsters, but in a 2D souls like you have one entire less dimension with which to skip past monsters you've already already seen before i feel like there's less of a uh, less steps involved with with dodge rolling out of the way of a zombie blocking your path in dark souls versus jumping over a a 2d enemy that has a big footprint on the screen and something like hollow knight so you want to play how you want to play not how the game wants you to play is that is that what i'm hearing right now this is, a, this is the complaint that i'm hearing right now that sounds very vague. I don't. I that that could describe any problem with any game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you uh, don't like pressing the buttons. What? Um, not to change the subject, but if I were to get into a Dark Souls and actually beat one, because I've only beat Demon Souls, and I've never mm, believed that. I feel like that explains it a bit. Yeah, because that means you wouldn't have spotted the. The story, I mean, the, I was, the story of Demon Souls is more different than Hollow Knight is to Dark Souls. Mm. Well, I mean, I've played, I've played Dark Souls one for hours and two for a lot, but I just never beat them because I lose interest in them. Um, not to say anything bad with them, just, mm -hmm. just it's which game I would like to beat one. Just one good one. Which, think, is the third one the best right now? I don't think. I don't, I don't know if want to play the, the first one. <laughs> I think three is probably not the most easiest, but pro like it's the most finely tuned. It's like it doesn't have the same pun the pun soul as the first game. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't have the same essence of what was that janky, weird, massive, uh, legendary game that came out 
but it's like the, mm. the greatest hits that all From Software had done. I, I think three is a little bland. For it is that, it though. is like a little bland, but it like, is the most I finely tuned am, one. I'm one of the weirdos who likes two better than two three. Two is like not I think Dark Souls. I think Dark Souls two. It's just my own weird George opinion. I think Dark Souls two is kind of a, a, a underrated underdog. I don't think it's a bad no. game at all. I think it's a good game. It's just not. That's, as good as any of the others. Bloodborne is that's the game the one you I should play the most because of. Bloodborne is better than all of the Souls games. <laughs> oh, that's just an objective, true yeah. fact, though. That's science. That's no one's opinion. <laughs> oh my god, am I gonna have? I to would go recommend that one. Game? Don't. Dude, Bloodborne might be too hard for for that. I think Bloodborne's easier. One I, personally, because I play very aggressive. I, I think Bloodborne. I had a hard time with Bloodborne. Aggressive players. I. I I loved Bloodborne, but I definitely died more than in the other games. I, I, I just don't... I don't know. I don't know. Like, I remember playing Bloodborne way back. I don't know if I can do it now. Like, playing it and then be, like going through that first <gasps> boss. You should stream it. <laughs> yeah. I will be torment. Then you have I, to do I remember it. Going through that first boss, that big... I still remember it. That big wolf shit that you could barely see what's going on because all its fur is everywhere. And the camera can't even fit it all on the screen. You'd look at the boss's legs in Bloodborne most of the time. He's such an easy boss. No, No, he's not. No, Liam, even now I have trouble with that first boss sometimes. I I don't do this aggressive play style. I miss the shield. Yeah, that's the thing. Is the this this is why I think I like Bloodborne so much. It's like Miyazaki knew everybody was using the shield and the roll as a crutch. So what did he do? <laughs> he was like, "Fuck Evil you!" He was like, "You, you <laughs> fuck <laughs> you!" I'm gonna make a game and that's like... all about running up into the enemy's face and having to parry and getting your health back by attacking. And that's, for me, as an aggressive player, because I have zero patience, is excellent, because I'm just like, well, fuck this! And I gain all my health back. And that seems like I would enjoy Bloodborne the most, then. Oh, man, once you get Because sitting back and waiting for slow animations does get tiring, a lot because it's because and you want to do it because it's like the most rewarding and it, it's, in it's, those games yeah, yeah. And it's like it's like, like the early like uh concepts of Sekiro's weapon changing arm stuff like it's like the oh, dual like weapon Sekiro, yeah. styles like having the, <laughs> the short range stuff and the gun combined with then swinging in for a heavy attack when you get the chance like the balance of the triangle of that is so good Ah, Bloodborne. Like, as as hard of a time as I do have adjusting to that aggressive play style, and as harder as I do find Bloodborne, I love it. Because of all the games, that's the one that, like, makes boss fights feel like such narrow victories. It's so good. Like, my toes curl the hardest. My heart pounds the hardest in in that one than the others. I, I think the tower fight in Sekiro was, like, that feeling for me. When you first... Um, you fight that guy at the top like for the Genshiro. second time and he yeah. does like the lightning thing Yeah, and you're just like how am I going to beat this guy but you do like, it like what the hell but you do it and it feels and then great you do it. and I then you're just like oh. I, I just don't even know how I did it I, you're I just, like I don't know how I did it but I did <laughs> it muscle memory I'm one of the 
small percentage Memorization, of people who have just done it, and you're like repetition, yes. dude. Muscle memory. It's I know. I want to know science. How many people have bought that game and haven't beaten it because many they've reached those chin check moments? Uh, like, George is raising right a hand. Raising my hand. Yep, that you just described me. It, I bought it for full price too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to all my patreons. Uh, I, I I love you for all the support. Oh my god. So uh, pay more Patreon dollars, and we will force George to stream himself playing Sekiro, and he's never allowed to play another game until he beats Sekiro. Oh, man. Oh man, George would be crying. He would be crying, especially because he would know that he has to do it. So he he's just sitting there, just just dreading every moment. George, every did you get to the time. ape? No. <laughs> what? Okay, yeah, you you yeah you. You didn't even yeah, get to you the might first one. The first ape? You didn't even get the first ape? I I, I guess not. I got really far into it. I played it for like 30 hours. You did not get very far. If you didn't God, see the ape. You didn't get very far at all. Maybe I was just exploring areas in a different order than you guys. You can't George. do that, though. A lot of areas are locked off, basically, until you do certain things, like get keys and stuff. I remember being in an area where I heard monkeys in the distance and fought monkeys, but I don't remember any apes. Yeah, yeah that, so no, so you apes. were literally in the area of the giant ape boss, and that's where you must have given up. Yeah. I guess. Sekiro areas. Let's see where I left off. Just remember the last boss you did. Wow. If you say the guy on the horse, I, want... I swear to God. No, I, I want to say it was um the lightning owl guy you were just talking about, the really, really hard one that everyone tweets about when they beat Genshiro. Ashina Castle, Genshiro, yeah. Genshiro, I want to say, that's the last one I remembered the most. Oh, no, there was also some mini-bosses that really had me stuck for days. You're talking about the guy were, in the well. Uh, the ladies. Because fuck the guy in the well. I hate that guy. No, I got the guy in the well. The, oh, the, the lady camera? with the gun, Ugh. the gunslinger lady and a snowy mountain oh, where you leap from peak to peak. Eyes. Snake eyes. Oh, she's was, easy. I think the last. She is quite easy. Oh, for cup, whatever, guys. Fuck. Okay. You can you can <laughs> you can stun lock her. I heard the fuck you coming out. I heard it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, oh, I get fuck. it. I get it. You know, you had a tough time. It's it's all good. <laughs> the patronizing Liam. Okay, right there. I, I, I do remember Nibu Village. It's tough. it's tough, man. I get it. I get it. You had I, a bad I get time. It. Wait, am I really? Like, I, I just looked through all the locations in the wiki, and I've seen all of these. I think I left off at um Mibu Village. Let's see. Who is the boss there? You didn't there? fight the ape, though. You're way Is it back. Oren of the Water who I'm stuck at? Corrupted Monk, I remember. I, I have not beaten any of the Headless so far. You can't fight the monk until you beat the ape, if yeah. I remember correctly. So you can't. Yeah, if, you if must have beaten the ape. If you're thinking about Snake Eyes... You haven't touched the ape yet. That's gun. An ape is not that hard. In later, like I don't know, like it's it's Sekiro is one of those games where it's you that gets better, not your weapons. Yeah. Even though your weapons do help. It's yeah. why, in hindsight, it's easy to say, "Oh, that's easy," because you realize <laughs> in your head what you can do, not what your weapon does. Like I think I could yeah. take on most bosses in that game now with just the stand sword and kind of just you Parry know knuckle stuff. down and grit but it out that's 
that's kind of why I don't feel compelled to go back to it. Like, I genuinely feel like I just don't have the energy to memorize an animation library of 40 different Ooh, attack animations I understand anymore. that. I beat it, yeah, like, and it I Yeah, it is mentally it. exhausting. That was it. I beat it once. That's it. I beat Sekiro. I'm done. Oh, God, I love it. <laughs> I'm so going to move on with like, my life. I know Liam was just it's like, like... It's like Round two, baby. Uh-uh. It's like it's okay. Like where is this ape boss? I just want to get in, in there and dive Guardian around, ape. twist and do all that shit. I love it. What area is he guarding? Let's see if I've been there. He's where the big Buddha- sunken valley. Yeah, he's where the big Buddha statues are, where all the monkeys are. So the sunken valley is also where Snake Eyes is, isn't she? Uh, so it sounds like I might have left off right like before the same boss you guys right, are talking you can about. Go left, and then if you go right, there's like one snake eyes that you like, a, like not snake eyes, but one of the ones who look like the snake eyes, or is it snake eyes? I can't remember. And then you can go down that way towards Gunfort or something, and then if you go left, you maybe go towards the monkeys, the ape, and then if you go down, down, you you find where the snake is and all the poison areas are i remember the snakes like lake pit that he will slide across and grab you if you go down there mm. yeah that, that, that that's more or less where i left off it sounds like i was close to the ape but didn't quite make it to the ape carl sagan's cosmos what is that i just read the dog <laughs> okay explain so, Carl Sagan's Cosmos is a PBS documentary series made in PBS? 1979. Okay. Yeah. Supported by viewers like is? you. <laughs> You've seen parodies of this guy, I'm sure. Matt, you know that, that gif of Tim and Eric where there's space behind him and he like... As sure a galaxy yeah. explodes in his God, head. I'm trying to yeah. gif of that's... George doing that right then. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's uh, that's that's Carl Sagan's Cosmos. Um, he talks about physics and and science. Cosmos is and, so uh, good. He's he's like the Neil deGrasse Tyson of of the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Well, Neil deGrasse Tyson is the Carl Sagan. The of Carl today. Sagan of of today. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's giving him too much credit. Carl Sagan was great. So, um, Outer Wilds got me into into watching through Carl Sagan's Cosmos, and as I was researching into it, I found out that Carl Sagan was a big proponent of marijuana legalization. Of course. And uh, (laughs) it makes a lot of sense now when you go back and watch these documentaries. He He just goes on about how wild and wonderful it is that everyone's connected by physics and laws of of math. But um, <laughs> imagine he, he wrote some essays under the pseudonym of Mr. X, and I believe posthumously revealed that that was him all along. Imagine, if you will, some quiet ambient background noises as the camera flies through space. Oh and the voice of Carl Sagan's then says this excerpt from one of his essays. <clears throat> Cannabis enhances the enjoyment of sex. On the one hand, it gives exquisite sensitivity. The actual duration of orgasm seems to lengthen greatly, but this may be the usual experience of time expansion, which comes with cannabis smoking. (laughs) (laughs) He's not wrong. 
So the whole while, while, while my friend was playing Outer Wilds, I was like putting some music on some and read, doing, doing this In Carl Georgia? Sagan impersonation. Smoking some marijuana. In Georgia? And, and Smoking then some marijuana. people In started shooting. Well, well, you can't do, you can't do that in Georgia until, I don't know, Sanders 2020. So, um... <laughs> Yeah, vote Sanders 2020 if you uh, like don't want long sex or long horrifically orgasms. corrupt presidents that have set a precedent of the impeachment process and checks and balances and congressional oversight not actually limiting the power of someone in that position. Speaking of corruption, I've been playing Spell Tower Plus. <laughs> Yay! So, do you guys do you guys know what Spell Tower is? No. So Spell Tower was basically one of like the early like huge successes on the iOS app store back in the day. And it's made by Zach Gage, that very clever game designer who made God of Darkness and other such stuff. Zachtronics? No. That was the confusion we Oh, got different next. Zach? Yes, different Zach. <laughs> That's Zach Barth. Zach Barth? Okay, so gotcha, gotcha. They basically he basically remade his original game for 2020, like modern phones and everything. And it's fucking great. It's so addictive and features like really clever, unique game design based around, you know, Scrabble, essentially. It's really smart. Like it's not just about, uh, so basically the idea is you have this tower of, you know, letters and you try and spell words out of the tower. But once either, Depending on the mode you're playing, it's kind of like Tetris, so lines fill up if you're playing puzzle mode, which is my favorite mode. Or if you're playing tower mode, once all the blocks have kind of disappeared and you can't make any more words, it ends. So depending on how you're playing, the idea is to not just spell like really long words, but it becomes a case of like where you spell them. Because when you spell them, all the blocks above the ones you didn't use then fall down, like Tetris essentially. So it's building all these random towers of letters and, it, you know, they become all muddled up and it becomes harder and harder to spell words if you are just, you know, making big giant blocks of towers and stuff like that. So it becomes like a case of trying to position yourself to be able to keep spelling words by picking and choosing where you take letters from. It's Oh my God, it's a crossword puzzle. It's essentially yeah. that, but it's a really smart, quirky, unique one that... I've been enjoying a lot because I can just play it at any time. It's really good. You you are completely right about what a casual shit you are. <laughs> Speaking of casual one you on the podcast. I know, I, I, I know, even know you were I know, capable. But, it, but if you play it, you will realize it's rather smart. But speaking of being a casual shit, I because I didn't have any internet for a week, and it's partly the reason we didn't record last week, I downloaded a lot of movies to watch and some series so I, I, I hold on to your butts Matt because I'm stealing your Netflix no chill away from you for now Parasite? Parasite? I watch, par I watch Parasite I, I would be down to do a talk on that so, when I see it ever okay so we oh. should hold off because this movie is absolutely worth talking about obviously we're recording this after the oscars has happened and bong joon ho has won four oscars and yeah, is the first yeah, it's hilarious i, I want to see it just for that i watched it just before, to see before yeah, that happened i watched I it forgot. before it happened too i watched it like maybe two weeks ago but we should do a spoiler cast on that film because that film if, is 
I'm interested is, to know is brilliant. your thoughts. It is be, be, yeah. Because I'll, I feel I'll take like my I'm headphones briefly off that film. and and you guys can wave at me when it's safe for me to put my so headphones we, we, back yeah, on. So we yeah we can do a spoiler like, cast at some point, but yeah, just very quickly let me let me talk to Matt for yeah. a brief second, George. So everybody who hasn't seen Parasite yet or is now intrigued to do so should take their headphones off as well. But very briefly, Matt, what did you think? Okay, so I watched this like like a few days ago actually with a friend and i was i was intrigued like this this was great like the the way it was progressing the way it was shot the music everything was like on point i i would feel like my problem with the film was more the ending i feel like i didn't really get it okay yeah there's only one part he made I this choice and i understand why he made a choice i yeah. just feel like with the other parts of the film it didn't fit didn't make it like that choice would be something he would do i yeah why would he and he leaves his family like it it doesn't make any sense to me yeah i see i think this film like from like shot to soundtrack which is possibly my favorite part i've literally been listening to the soundtrack of the film on spotify just because it's so good it's so good it's good but the only part of the whole film that i think lets it down other than the fact that from start to like end it is like magnificent almost all the way through is Mm -hmm. that the 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 dad killing the other dad the rich dad yeah doesn't pay off because the the like the family are kind of nice. I know it talks about, oh, they're nice because they're rich and stuff. But the dad, the rich dad, doesn't really say anything mean or anything. He just kind of... Comments on the smell. Yeah, comments on the smell. Because that's the smell of the the guy. That That's like his... Um, he was his born musk. not yeah. rich. And, yeah. And like the slum is on him still forever. on him and, and that, that kind would of thing. always be yeah his smell it he wasn't would always be not rich not like yeah you know because that's what they're striving for you know uh, and but this was like a dad who was always proud of his children and yeah. stuff like why would he jeopardize that oh because some guy says how he smells like in that moment you can get a, like get away with the whole thing i thought honestly the what was going to happen was that the daughter would die, but the rest of the family would then get away with it, and they would have just completely got off scot free, and that would have been a, like yeah. a really good way to end it. But yeah, I yeah, I, I it's so weird. Like watching the Oscars, like I'm really rooting for it because obviously it's a South Korean film living in yes. Asia. Like there's a lot of Asian exactly. filmmakers and stuff like that. It's amazing, but it is so well deserved at the same time compared to the other films that were in the category. I think because I've seen 1917 as well. I thought that was pretty good. I watched Knives Out the other day. I thought that was pretty good. Oh, I need to watch. Yeah, I and watch I watched one. Uncut Gems as well. And Adam Sandler. That was okay. I that was dis- I, I, I saw my list. That yeah. was disorientating in like such a unique and amazing way. So that was really cool as well. But yeah, Parasite. Everybody, honest to God, you should watch it. It is brilliant. Bong Joon Ho is like. He is fantastic. I've seen The Host. I've seen Memories with a Murder. I've seen Snowpiercer. I didn't like Snowpiercer at all. He did The Host? Really? He did The Host, yeah. He did Snowpiercer. He did Okaja, which is that Netflix one with a special mutated pig. Like, he's done a lot of great films. And, you know, a film I didn't like, Snowpiercer. I didn't like it at all. But Parasite is like, oh, 
Ugh. And yeah, also the, the the belted faith, the eight minute track to the montage from the peach scene all the way through to when they kick the housekeeper out. That eight minute montage is one piece of music, and that piece of music is amazing. But I think we should bring George back in now, and then we can talk yeah. about it again in the future. Yeah. Um. So all the main characters die. Yes. Uh, the the. It was all a dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, well. So and <laughs> the most unlikely love interest hooks up with the main character, right? That's how it goes? Nailed it. All right. Oh, Thanks for spoiling Parasite for me, guys. The subtitles are very good. Yes. and if, They're written if, very well. If you're it's almost really? written by an English <laughs> Like I don't know, like there were very deep <laughs> subtitles. You it's know? written. I was reading an interview the other, uh, yesterday about it. it. It's it's written by a guy who's done all of his other films. Who is an American guy who lives and in Korea and is married to a Korean lady who also helps him write those subtitles. And he's lived there for like twenty years, and he understands a little. You know, as a foreigner, he understands the culture a lot as as much as he possibly could to be able to get. Almost the nuance of stuff like ramdon, like that unique mm-hmm. thing, which is like actually a Korean dish, which doesn't translate very well to us. But ramdon, because of like ramen udon, is quite a unique thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I. And if you're an asshole who thinks like it should have an English remake, you're just fuck off. Like what? It, no. Or you should dub it. No, just get out no. of here. Get out of here with that no. shit. No, you don't. Sorry. I'm just gonna have to say I understand like unless you have some type of you can't read yeah. very fast or something like that, you watch if you're a normal if you're normal, <laughs> watch things in their own language if and read the subtitles yeah. because you're gonna get the most emotion from the actors. Yeah. You're gonna get you're gonna miss it. There's so yeah. much you would miss. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And it's not even being snobbish or like because I do, I don't I barely watch films ever, but like a film like that is special it's not often that films like that come along and are that airtight in the way they yeah you know show a lot of stuff it's so good yeah it's like watching dark with the dubs on what's wrong with you yeah god damn it what's wrong with you you need to listen to (laughs) like imagine imagine the imagine the dad in that like the angry dad in dark not speaking in german he literally looks like Dolph Lundgren to begin with it's like come on yeah anyway so yeah, been it's watching a lot of films, right. but hopefully I'm all moved in to my new place, and that's I, right. I'm looking. It looks the same. Why? No, so like, Why does so it look like everything's the, in the same. So, <laughs> you guys, look, look at this space. You think this is bigger? Wait, it looks the same. It's not did the same. Move? I did move, but but <laughs> but. Let me waggle my finger at both of you who are looking dismissive and pensive at me. But this is just but one of three rooms. No way. Are they all that size? One of them is bigger. No, both of them are bigger than this room, actually. You have multiple rooms in Japan? This is now my office. My office space. And that's a big cupboard. I have... Three rooms that are that are each the size or bigger than my previous <laughs> one single room apartment. So now that, I'm living like a that mansion. Is the come quite up. the upgrade from from the apartment I saw in 2018. 
Like, see, it's funny because that one, the entrance hallway, your bedroom. Yeah, and but the George, the one that you stayed in two years ago was actually bigger than both of my Kyoto <laughs> oh apartments my God. from last year. Oh my God! <laughs> how actually? Yeah, I know how they don't spend now, a lot of time cramped in there. And this is my office. So the, it might sound a little <laughs> echoey because there's literally nothing in here at all, apart from a desk and my laptop now. So mm. bear with Gotta me. hang some some tapestries gotta up there. Get some, some wall some, foam. Yeah, some bouncy bouncy yeah. things. Absorb the echo. But I'm looking at looking hey, to play some games. Uh, looking at looking at Let's put that on the Patreon shopping list actually. Wanna talk to some of the hottest slime forums in the galaxy? Chat with the most seductive soft bodies in space for a discreet and nebulous encounter. No bones about it. Call 1-900-BLOB-LOVE. Just 2500 for the first minute and 42000 for each additional minute. Call the Blob line now. Additional transplantational rates of blood must be over 600. It's time for the news. news. <laughs> this news happened almost a month ago. I jotted it down on the list, but I I don't I kind of want to talk about these R wings people who are, are figuring out how to spawn into Zelda now. So back back in January twenty something, a Ocarina of Time speedrunner figured out how to spawn R wings from Star Fox sixty four into Ocarina of Time. And apparently you can do this on a vanilla Japanese cartridge. If you type in some codes in the character name creator screen three times, it'll activate some sort of debug code execution mode. And I don't... <laughs> I can't really figure out the logic behind the numbers he's putting in. I wonder how the fans deducted what this procedure would be to make it. But if you put in a bunch of random-ass numbers with some Japanese characters a bunch of times in the Zelda character creator screen and then go to Kakariko Village, there will be R-Wings flying around shooting everyone. What? They have actual AI. They have sound effects. They, they flip and zip around, and you can Z-target on them. And it's crazy how complete this feature that looks like something that's a rumor that would have been spread around the, the playground as a kid was was implemented um it looks like what they were were a prototype for the camera z targeting system because uh locking onto little spaceships flying around really really stresses how much how much movement the camera can do and how how the player can keep track of of moving targets in the air with the moving camera while also being aware of their own uh movement on link link himself during that whole well, well there, is a, there is a very good explanation for why this was a thing. I mean, the testing the Z-targeting mm -hmm. is a really smart idea because Z-targeting is brand new. They wanted to make sure that it stayed locked on. But the, the, the quote you have here, George, definitely just to me explains why this ever happened. <laughs> I love this. I love this. It's such like classic game design efficiency trick. This is absolutely game so, dev in a nutshell, by the way. 
from from an Iwata Asks interview in 2011, we got some hints that this was what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, one of the programmers, Satoru Takizawa for Ocarina, says, Volvagia is a dragon, so it wriggles and undulates. I only gave Marita-san the dragon model parts, but he set it in motion immediately. It was mysterious how he could do that. I couldn't ask, but or I couldn't help but ask how he did it. And he said it was the same code as the programming for Star Fox 64. <laughs> there you go. So he probably just took the the models they had already and the AI for whatever, you know, wriggling parts move and stuff like that and just have these things fly and instead of, you know, fire breath and whatever, just have the laser shoot and use the same same code because <laughs> the behavior, the AI so, behavior is the same. You know those, those Chinese New Year dragons where people will like bop up and down around the street with the, the big dragon heads and, and they're holding it from underneath? Yeah. You, 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 from here on out, whenever I play through Ocarina of Time ever again, I am going to be visualizing Volvagia as one of those, but with little R-wings suspending it from underneath. <laughs> <laughs> Just hidden behind the costume. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's real cute. It looks like fun. It's uh, crazy to see how much of a sense of humor Nintendo has with their prototypes and stuff. It's weird, right? Because like it showed goes to show like what year did Ocarina of Time come out and what year did Star Fox sixty four came out? Ninety ninety eight? So Star Fox might have been ninety seven. Yeah, so Star Fox was ninety seven. I don't remember Yeah. I don't remember like Star Fox being out before Ocarina of Time. I feel like nothing existed before Ocarina of Time. It was like Super Mario 64 and then Ocarina of Time. And then, oh, there were other games that came out. I remember GoldenEye parties before Ocarina of Time came out. <laughs> GoldenEye and Mario and Star Fox. And then, yeah, come to think of it, the N64 was just kind of... Amazing. Kind of barren what? compared to... Oh, okay. Well, it was a good console with good games, don't get me wrong, but when you look at the raw data of the release schedule and just the sheer number of how many games are on it, raw it's not a data. big number. Shh. Diddy Kong Racing is all you need. Sorry. Banjo, Diddy Kong Racing, Mischief Makers, Super Smash Damn. Brothers, GoldenEye. There's so many good games. These R-Wings, they, they even have HP and like crash land and explode. That's awesome. Do you guys know what Star Fox was called? Star Fox 64 was called in Europe. Fox in space. I feel like I should. Say again. Fox in space. <laughs> Foxes in space. Fox in space with friends. No, it, it, Star Fox 64. So Star Fox was called Star Fox. But oh, it, what was it? Star. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Star Fox. But. The, the Nintendo 64 version was called Lilat Wars. Oh, that's a cool-ass name. Lilat Wars. Lilat. I don't know. Did you guys think it was lame or something? Because to me, that sounds no, pretty no. cool. To me, Lilat Wars is Star Fox. Like, that to me. When I hear, you know, everyone says Star Fox, that's, that's Fox McCloud. That's like his team. But Lilat Wars was the game. Because it's the Lilat system. We need your help, Fox. I kind of wish it was called Lilac Wars in America. Lilac. Did I just say Lilac? Lilac. Lilac and gooseberries. Anyways. Fourth planet Anyways. of the corn area. The fourth planet of the Lilac system. 
you you guys know of that animation series, right? A Fox in Space, right? Is that the one that was like the Kickstarter Patreon GoFundMe yeah. one that then got yeah, taken yeah. down because it was too? Is this similar? an adult cartoon? No, he's still working on it. No, it but like he couldn't get funding anymore because it was too similar in copyright to like Star Fox or something, and he had to switch platforms or something. Oh, really? There was something like that. Right. It looks like it might have started as a fan Oh, series. yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, it's really, really good. TV Tropes calls it a darker and edgier adaptation of Nintendo's Star Fox series. There you go. It's, like, really good. Um, yeah, he's on Patreon. Episode. He's still on Patreon. Oh, nice. Don't know how, since you said that. I always thought about it, but, yeah, he's, you know, he's making enough. Making enough to to animate every day, but yeah, I don't know how you can survive. You know, surviving at three thousand a month. You know, not bad. I don't know where he lives. I don't know where he lives, but yeah. Well, yeah, um, yeah. That if you haven't watched that, go 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 watch that. If you like Star Fox a lot, so it's it's good. It's a good time. He has a nice little groggy voice. Mm. We need your help, Star Fox. God, how do I... We need your help, Spider-Man. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Liam. Um, Spider-Man is is <laughs> a news topic this week. They put out a uh, script book for the two, 2018 Marvel Spider-Man on, on PlayStation 4. Uh, the, the lead writer had an interview with um, Vice Magazine about writing for games and how different a script for a game looks than other media and had uh, some some experts uh, excerpts one of which i thought was pretty funny says <laughs> something along the lines of mj quietly to herself says oh no and then there's a bunch of stuff in parentheses that says now she needs one final distraction to make it past lead the player quickly figures out how to create the final distraction she highlights the display there's like huge chunks where it says begin gameplay with a colon and and like hints at what the director is supposed to be doing in these scenes this is really cool like, video game stories, <laughs> let's be honest, not great. The most not part, great. Right? Not great. They're like, they're just there. They're enhanced by the gameplay, and it seems like they're, like, great. We, we talked but about this recently. really look at we it. We talked about this last episode when we were talking about reading books and, like, having yeah. gone from reading books to playing games with a serious story. And that, it, yeah. And but this kind of thing, where you know, fair play to the you know Spider Man, the, the Insomniac game, it came out and was pretty good. It was a it was, was basically a Marvel good. movie as a game, right? The, the, it yeah. wasn't bad at all. And having reference material like this, like actual references where it interjects with start gameplay here, you know, cut from left to right for this kind of thing, is going to help a lot of people to understand how you can maneuver around the the issue that is you have to <laughs> incorporate this with gameplay <laughs> like like the script describes what they want the player to do and then they tried to make sure that their play testers were following that script um they, they have some so fun notes <laughs> that is nuts they whenever I feel like whenever there's any interviews about writing for games, there's always a quote about just how much, like, quantity over quality it often is. 
And uh, in this in this case, we got quote Paquette's estimates is that Insomniac's writing team wrote roughly eight hundred thousand words for Spider Man, of which half of them made it into the game. I did a tally at one point, said Paquette, where I looked at the page count. If we would have put it all into a book, and it would if we put it all into a book, it would have been longer than the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So quantity over quality. That would have included every NPC bark. And and every like reminder to the player, and every bit of every single dialogue. line of dialogue, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So that's the thing. So how long is the total amount of hours for the Lord of the Rings trilogy audiobooks? True. Um, you want me to Google that because I could. Well, well, we talk it out. I'm going to guess for the trilogy, um, it's got to be forty hours, right? And Spider-Man is about forty to fifty hours as a game, so you know. Was Spider-Man that long? Spider-Man was pretty long. Like, I remember it going on forever. Because obviously you... Over over 40 hours. We got 56 hours-ish yeah, so, for wait, Lord of the Rings. what? Spider-Man was long. Like Spider-Man was long? What? It was like at least 30 hours. How long to beat.com says even remember 16 and a half. That long. Really? God. Maybe it's the main plus extras that that you did because that logs in at twenty four on this website. I don't know. It was like it <laughs> had like so many story beats that yeah, like approximately twenty it had hours. A lot, yeah. Like I don't know, swinging around the city doing all the side quests and stuff. I guess yeah, it felt like I was playing for a long oh, time. Okay, but yeah, like I didn't, I didn't do, I didn't do too many of the side quests. You know, you had like That's the, the only thing I didn't really arc, like about and it, and then the Doc Ock, like the the. You know, the rest of the cast, and then, you know, yeah. the Doc Ock arc. There's a lot going on in that game. There's a lot going on. It's a good game. Also, the script differentiates between the player and Spider Man. Like, if Spider Man is talking, it's Spider Man, but if the player is doing gameplay stuff, then it's the player. Yeah, that's probably just the easiest way to determine that the player should not have control. So, if you are, I wonder. This to testers or something. I just. I, I just want to see what kind of confusion and chaos was happening before they decided that should be the new rule. Like, this might be an established practice from over a decade ago, but I'm sure that, like, back in the 90s, there was just some sheer insanity going on when people were trying to figure out the procedures and and the standards they were aiming for for, for game script writing. I mean, for, like, general stuff, it can be so minute, like having stuff like the player and the players so stuff that the player can do right now but the other players can't do or or something that all of the players should be able to do at the same time the players it can be so minute in in detail this does yeah this kind of thing doesn't surprise me but i'm really happy that this kind of reference material can exist and it's super cool that it get it gets an official release like Marvel, yeah, like an art book. Marvel They're doing like, the, the art book strategy. Yeah, like Marvel were okay with this, Insomniac were okay with this, Sony were okay with this. That's that's pretty cool. More more stuff like this, please. It's it's useful to have. I am tempted to flip through it. I I really want to flip through it. Don't know if I want to buy it, but if I ever encounter anyone who has one of these things, I am definitely flipping through it. Nice. 
Um, and we have one negative news for the end. Uh, a downer is that evidently System Shock 3 is having development troubles right now, which sucks. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I was looking forward to it. They put out a really good trailer earlier, um, and it's, you know, classic series, always down for a good RPG FPS immersive sim. But we have basically corroborated rumors from their former community manager, Sam Lyingcott, uh, apologies, um, is, what is it, Night Dive Software? Night Dive Software's former community manager. They linked to an anonymous RPG codex post claiming that the whole dev team was no longer employed and then claimed that was legit. The anonymous post says that if Starbreeze hadn't gone into Crisis, they probably could have delivered something interesting, but probably not what fans still would have wanted. Starbreeze was running out of money last year, and then their CEO got accused of insider trading. And over the past five months, the team behind System Shock 3 has steadily been trickling away, and there's also the word layoff being dropped for, for, for clearing out the rest of the staff who, I guess, didn't leave on their own. But whoever is anonymous on RPG post, RPG Codex that the former community manager is corroborating here says that there were high expectations that were driving a lot of creative experimentation. We were a small team and knew we couldn't compete with current immersive sims in production quality and breadth, so we had to be creative and clever and weird, which just makes me more sad and we were on our way to making something unique and possibly fun which also but probably not what the audience was hungry for this um, is other side studios as well this is like other side studios not night this dive this is um will oh god warren Spector's studio warren specter Ooh, this yeah. does not look good So is Night Dive the one doing the remake? I think they're, or doing, System the remake. Shock 3? I think they're doing the remake. Yeah, that's why I would have gotten confused. Because there's like a goddamn curse going on right now or something. Because Night Dive rebooted, yeah, they rebooted it, right? the System Shock remake and started their development process over from scratch and changed engines to Unreal. Hmm. So it's like neither of these projects apparently have been going well. Yeah. And uh, that that's, cool. that's that. Oh no. Well, good luck to them. I hope they land on their feet. Anybody who was let go, their teaser did look pretty cool, but shit. I mean, Starbreeze is a whole heap in other nonsense that we talked about prior, but yeah. Video games are a messy business. Indeed they are. Speaking of messy, messy uh, businesses. We, we, got, we got some messy emails. We need more. So... Whether or not you would like to send messages, go send messages to oh, dadandsonspodcast no. at gmail.com. Matt just woke up. <laughs> Messing, like, where are we? What's happening? Welcome back. Matt, hello. Oh, oh, back, yeah, I, I forgot we were room. doing the podcast. You guys went. Yeah, it's news. fine. Yeah. We, we had a little bit of uh, from you from, from those, those Star Foxes. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, Lilat Wars, uh, our wings. But. You lasted one. Good job. I'm joking. So, oh, I was about to say alien, but uh, <laughs> alien why? Alien why? I totally our first, <laughs> our first letter is from alien why. Alien why? 
Oh I... god, this is this is unfortunately focused more towards me than you other guys. Uh, Alien Y says, I have sort of a response to an older video about Old Hunters and DLC in general. Have you changed your tune on the Old Hunters DLC itself? In your video, you called the Research Hall a carbon copy of the Duke's Archives and the Fishing Hamlet a copy of Blighttown. I'm curious if you're feeling more positive about it now, as most people now herald Old Hunters as one of the best examples of DLC. You weren't too negative, but I feel like a large part of the things you praised Artorius of the Abyss for Old Hunters did better. Okay, I think that is my bias towards new innovation, weird experimental stuff. Um, Artorius of the Abyss had cool pitch black areas that you had to do some interesting borderline puzzle platforming challenges with where you lit up every single step of your way through. That kind of um, extra mechanic added to the environmental exploration is something that I thought was really really neat and still sticks out in my head harder than a lot of the stuff from the old hunters but the old hunters also revisited some motifs i mean they're not carbon copies but like multi-storied libraries of of movable staircases or elevators and also swampy villages built out of shacks on stilts is it all feels like something i've been and seen before been and done been there done that also we were talking about the difficulty of bloodborne earlier the bosses and the old hunters are like insane to me for some reason i just cannot ever figure out a routine for for getting rid of the final boss and um i, I believe it's lady catherine was her name uh, is someone I've also had an extremely hard time dealing with as well. Like, as much as I love the, the Bloodborne... As much as I love Bloodborne, I evidently have a harder time adjusting to its combat style as, like, Liam had, and most people who do not have these same complaints about difficulty in this DLC. But there you go. There's your answer. I've, I played through that DLC again, and the second time I did... Since I kind of knew where to do, what, what to do and where to go, I, I enjoyed it slightly better, but still... I... I... I like Catherine, I like the library, but the fishing village in that DLC is just way too hard for me to genuinely, like, smile and giggle and enjoy my time through it. It's... I still remember the latter half of it being being kind of a slog. Anyways, that's all. Sorry for hogging the mic. Do you guys have any thoughts on, on how wrong I, I am? I like Bloodborne. <laughs> Liam Robot has I like TV. Bloodborne. There, there he is. Did you play the DLC? Press 2 to have more opinions. Did you play the mm. DLC of Bloodborne? Press 2 for more that's opinions. All, that's all just, Robot is, Liam is can do. no comment? That's all Robot Liam can do. I liked the DLC. Not as Wait, much was it too as the original game. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Did did you have as hard a time with it as me though? I feel like I'm a real weirdo when I talk to people Old about Hunters it. Old Hunters is quite tough. Quite tough. It's nutso. It's like a four hour long day that I spent with that one boss, and then I had to come back and beat him the next day. I, do, I like. I don't know. Everything is in like weird specular vision with the Souls games, right? Like I don't think anything in Bloodborne was harder than some parts of Sekiro. But I felt like Sekiro was more Sekiro easier to tackle because it was less bullshit. I don't know how I can explain mm. that to people. Oh, there's bullshit in Bloodborne? Okay. Yeah, nope. yeah, I would say there's some bullshit in there's the There's less bullshit in Bloodborne than there is in Dark Souls, I think. Yes. You, you remember like Dark Sekiro? Dark Souls 2 is famous for bullshit. 
most more more than the other. Sekiro, so. when you fail, it's on you for the most part. To me, that's how that game. Uh, what about the auto aiming? The... That's how that game felt to me. The... The thing about these games that I think I'm I'm starting to not dig is how you kind of got to fail a few times first before you can really start blaming yourself. Like, how are you supposed to predict attack animations the first time you see them? Well, you so so yeah. That's the thing is you you can't, of course. But I always felt with Sekiro specifically, and this is why I think Sekiro is the best game they've ever made, is that. You get so good at that game that you become like a fucking ninja. Like, you're so good that when you meet a new enemy, you can sort of guess by the weapon they have what you can do. And if they if they throw a hard attack at you, it has the kanji there, and you know what to do. Mikuri counter or dodge or whatever. Like It's like it becomes ingrained in you that you have studied, you have like your fifth Dan black belt by the end of that game, and whatever anybody throws at you, you just fucking swat it away and then cut their throat and they die. And everything's grand. Whereas in Bloodborne, it's still like a bit of a slug because enemies are so big and sometimes you just can't tell because you're fighting a giant tree or something and it's tough. Whereas you don't, apart from maybe Demon of Hatred, you don't really get that in Sekiro everything is you're in the middle of the screen you're able to focus on it maybe the ape but the the area is so big I don't know you were you were totally describing a different visual from what I'm looking at like like because for me like even if the kanji pops up you know I'm red green colorblind I also am not yeah, used I mean, to deciphering Japanese I mean, characters. It do, does look the same no, to the, me. But there's yeah. only, oh, it's the same to me too. But there's only one kanji. Like, I would not know that. I assumed they were different and was looking for different. Like, you would be able to spot that faster than we would. But yes, I agree. But there, once you realize there is only one, it's it, it could be any symbol in the world. It's not a kanji. It's, it's just a symbol to warn you an attack is coming. It could be a red flash. It... it, it, it does the same thing so once you realize that once the kenji appears you have to react it could be a fucking penis you just know that once the penis, <laughs> penis is on would screen, be better <laughs> yeah i would make a mod yeah <laughs> penis attacks get out of the way <laughs> don't touch me what, what are they called like aggressive attacks uh, uh wild attacks what's the term in the oh, game yeah i forget what the term is in the game it's like Let's just turn them into penis attacks. Penis attacks. Yes. Chin chin attack. Uh, what's the Japanese word for attack? Uh, to- tora? Toria? Tora is tiger, so you're wrong there. Attack? No, no, there was that old World War II propaganda movie called Tora, 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 my dad showed me as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's racist. Oh my god. That movie was... <laughs> Yo, did I tell you guys about that um, old movie I watched with my mom where they put uh, Obi-Wan in yellow face? Yeah. Uh, Alec Guinness played a Japanese businessman named Soichi. Yeah, that was... Anyways. Cool, so cool you're telling geki. me Tora does not mean attack? Kogeki is usually attack. Kogeki. Kogeki. Chi, chin, chin, kogeki. Chin, kogeki. <laughs> That's, that rolls off the tongue. That's fun to say. Yeah, I like it. We could we could go somewhere with this. <laughs> As he powers up. 
<clears throat> Next question is from Roid Rage. Hello, dads or sons. I recently re-listened to your first episode, and you guys mentioned that prior to that episode, you did a practice recording. Will we ever get to listen to Dad and Sons episode zero? Ah, fuck no. <laughs> no. <laughs> did Matt doze off? I fell asleep. <laughs> no, oh, no, I was just no. looking... <laughs> But it kind of looked like an old man falling asleep in his chair. Like... And like, like you, you gradually lowered and closed your eyes over the course of sixty <laughs> seconds. Like it wasn't like you were glancing at your phone. You slowly I am, I am crumbled down. <laughs> I don't think yeah. we even have it. Yeah. Do we have it? Do you have it? Did you edit it? I can't remember. I, I, I don't know. Oh, episode um, zero. You guys went. Th- oh, god, dang it. You went to the next question. I was like waiting for it, and I didn't. I didn't hear the visual cue. Yeah, episode zero. I don't remember if we saved it. Yeah, that's the thing is we we didn't we were rec- we didn't. I don't see. know if we recorded it. We just wanted to see what we recorded our, it. Did, I think we recorded it, but we didn't necessarily yeah. want to put an yeah. episode together because the idea was just to see if this worked. Which it was still to practice. this day I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So, next questions from Harland K. How do we feel about video game novels? Which are your favorites? Do you think they add or detract from the overall experience? I don't... Wait, have I read a video game novel? Technically, yes, I have. But it wasn't... It was... No. No. It It was a Magic the Gathering novel written by Brandon Sanderson. The the Magic the Gathering canological universe is, I'm sure, a funner place to be than than the the Minecraft (laughs) novel universe. Yeah, even if they're made by unofficial authors, video game novels are good, clean fun. I know that. I know. You guys know know that I've I've done those videos. The Halo ones are supposedly pretty popular oh i have yeah. read the halo ones what what i think is magical about video game novels is that the really good ones become known for being good and the really bad ones just kind what? of fizzle away and get Wait, forgotten or what? become really fun what to like poke fun at are you referencing when you say the really good ones the the <laughs> halo ones um are the... they good I've heard that they're good. I haven't yeah. read them, Matt, but they've gotten Reach. good reviews. The, the kids Reach love them in school. Fall of Reach, I can From what I remember, this was years ago. Yeah, the Fall of Reach plotline is a pretty good plotline anyway. There's also some well-reviewed Elder Scrolls tie-in novels. <laughs> and um, it's not—it's going in the opposite order, but if you want to do video game reading, it's really fun to read the Witcher stuff and the Metro stuff too. Count? No, it doesn't count. But it's still, you're reading a book, and it's about a video game you've been playing. Just read a good book. <laughs> it's, it's related. Oh, my God. There's do you, a reckon, lot of do you reckon there is a, a Bloodborne adaptation that gives you serious paper cuts when you turn the page? So, <laughs> so it reenacts the pain with which you feel when you play it. So they like place vertical slices of paper yeah. on the corner. Is the paper red already? Yes. So you don't have to see the oh, stains. Oh, so you can't tell? Yeah. Some pages are <laughs> stuck together because there's like the impossible ability to read them. 
you can't see the blood on the paper. You just have to know by yeah. the pain you feel whether or not you actually got cut. Some pages uh, are invisible. There's invisible ink, and you have to burn it. It comes with uh, like a kit. Right? It comes with like a kit <laughs> to read the book. Now that you mention it, Liam, I think you might actually be breaking into a new interactive entertainment hey, man, medium. That's what I'm all about. Hard to read books. Like papercraft ARG exploration exploratory story kits would like like sell kids a puzzle box that tells a story as they unfold it. That's like some labo stuff it could hey, video game developers out there if you want me to make a press kit with a really fucking shitty ass book <laughs> let me know <laughs> i wonder how different history would have had to go for that to be like a popular toy or entertainment like tactile paper puzzle stories that i feel like you like, totally could do we like would... a choose your own adventure book with unique puzzles and stuff in it to do with braille or Morse code, yeah. or you know, folding yeah. the paper into a certain way so it reveals like codes and stuff like that. Like there are totally things you could do, like a like a pop up book that you win at the end. Pop up book that punches you halfway through. You win. It, I, I'm literally picturing the folds of the paper poofing out, just like fisting you one. Just ab- ab- <laughs> absolutely. Ah, video game novels. What a way to end the show. I I can't say I've never not liked a video game novel. I'm sorry. I love garbage. We know. Video game and novels. You hate Hollow Knight. Video game novels are something I think. I think I actually. <laughs> I think I actually was smiling and giggling and just like shaking my head and being like, get a load of this. When reading through the Resident Evil novelization oh than when playing oh Hollow Knight. Oh my god. Yeah, send in your video game novel recommendations to dadandsonspodcast oh, at gmail.com and we'll make George read oh, them. Oh man. I. What if we did George's video game novelization book club as a segment? No. Oh. It happens every week. We could me all... and Matt are not here. Yeah, I'm not going to my library being like, can I have like Tetris? Doom? Yeah, the Doom novels are unironically great, you guys. Like those, literally. Okay, that's the great thing about video game novels. Whether or not they're good or bad, they do supplement the original material in a, a only beneficial <laughs> you way. Just, I don't... You just go to a library and you're like, uh, excuse me, madam, do you have the Call of Duty Modern Warfare novelization book, please? Even if you're a huge story nerd that actually cares about how much canon gets disregarded in the Metal Gear Solid novelization, it doesn't matter. That doesn't change anything. It's just a silly, fun read that is hilarious because it even exists versus the stuff that are like good, appropriate in-universe reads like Elder Scrolls and Halo versus the stuff that is a good read that surprises you because of the IP, like the Doom novels, which I shit you not are actually good books. The second one that I did read, at least, that was an actually good book. I can't. I, I, he made. 
Doom guy makes friends with with Mormons and and goes on an adventure hijacking a train across the American desert. He discovers love. They have a whole bunch of narrow scrapes with death. They determine whether or not zombies have.